When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Wednesday, February 26th, and you're tuned in to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined as always by our Tribe beat writer, Paul Hoynes. Paul, good to talk to you on this, uh, this Wednesday, the uh, you know second week of games in, in spring training, Cactus League action underway, and, uh, and the Indians, at least as far as the pitching staff is concerned, everything looks like it's, it's, it's going according to plan for the guys who are healthy enough to be out there. Yeah, yeah, Joe. I mean, uh, you know, I think it's typical uh, early early spring stuff. Uh, you know, I really like the way Plesak pitched against the Rockies uh, two days ago. Uh, struggled in the first inning, threw like 25 pitches in the first inning, then came back and uh, retired the side in, uh, in 10 pitches in the second inning, which was, uh, you know, that, that was good to see. Uh, Beaver, you know, had, had a really a quick first inning. On uh, Tuesday, I, I wonder why he didn't pitch a, 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 thir- a second inning, though. That was that was a little curious to me. I, I don't know if they're, you know, I think they've tried to uh, hold him back. I mean, you wrote that the other day, mm-hmm. you know, that they've been, been trying to uh, kind of limit him and, uh, you know, have him work gradually in, into his velocity and his pitches. He told them he can't do that. He's got to throw hard when he's on the mound. So I'm wondering maybe they're just trying to limit his innings. Yeah, I think that's more the case of it is, is if, if he's going to go, you know, full go, they might as well just, you know, give him one inning instead of two. And then the next time out, give him two innings instead of three and, and do it that way. Yeah, and we don't know if he went to the bullpen and threw another inning, you know, uh, so – you know that that's how they usually take care of that. So, but I was curious that yesterday because you know he kind of just cruised through that first inning, retired the side, the White Sox in order, and uh, and was gone. And uh, so, or may and they've probably got a they've got a lot of pitchers in camp. They probably got to get people work there. But usually the you know first time out the starter goes two innings, right? And and don't take any. It, don't really read in uh, too much to, to Beavers outing yesterday against the the AAA White Sox that were were there in Goodyear. I guess uh, literally all of their their starters and and you know major league roster prospect guys were were in uh, uh, in at Camelback Ranch where they 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 train anyway. So uh, yeah, you you've seen Simber, you've seen Hand and Karinchak and Whitgren out of the bullpen come in and work hitless innings as well. So as much as the starters, you want to see them go, you know, get through their outings early in spring training. 
uh, the bullpen guys, especially like the, the, the later end bullpen guys like Hand and Simber, uh, are, are coming in immediately after the starters because that's the way they do it in spring training uh, to try and face the better guys in the lineups, and, and they're getting outs as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, Whitgren, you know, uh, two-thirds of an inning, he got a strikeout. Whitgren had a clean inning. Um, you know, Cam Hill, kind of a young guy that uh, they're looking at coming off Tommy John. He gave up a run, but he still, you know, he got through, through an inning. Uh, Ghost, Anthony Ghost is kind of an interesting guy. You know, converted outfielder. Yeah, yeah. What do we What do we know about this guy? You went. Usually, you go from pitcher to outfield. You don't go from outfield to pitcher, right? Yeah, yeah right. This guy, uh, you know, is in the big leagues. You know, played. You know, pretty much an extended amount of time with uh, Toronto and Detroit. Uh, he he just didn't hit enough. He just that's what he said. He just didn't you know swing the bat well enough. To, he thought to to stay, but you know this is, this guy's a great athlete. Uh, can run. Um, you know, I, I remember watching with Detroit and, you know, he just scoring runs, stealing bases, but, uh, he's trying to make it back now as, as, a, as a reliever, uh, right-hander throws very, very hard, throws up to, uh, you know, triple digits, digits, you know, con- some control problems. You know, if you look at his, uh, stats at, uh, Lynchburg and Akron last year, you know, he, he walks as almost as many as he strikes out. But uh, he's got some potential, and uh, it'll be interesting to see if they uh, can harness it. He said uh, uh, Terry Francona was talking about him uh, last week and said, uh, you know, he came to camp and told them, you know, I finally feel like a pitcher. Last year when I, when I felt like an outfielder trying to be a pitcher. Now he, now he feels like, uh, you know, he's, he's a pitcher, and uh, he's just got to – needs reps, and he needs uh, consistency. And just another one of those sort of changing the profile that Indians uh, bullpen uh, again, at least potentially, you know, uh, you know, big guy who throws hard. Uh, it's the, the sort of the power profile in that, in that bullpen is definitely coming around to the, the big flame throwing right handers, I guess uh, that, that you saw your Tampa Bay sort of, uh, you know, become the model of in the last couple of years. Yeah, and uh, you know the one guy we haven't seen uh, so far is the guy everyone wants to see is Emmanuel Class A. He's got a, a tight lat, uh, and you know he, we just he got to camp and uh, kind of unfortunately came down with it. I, you know, I'm sure you know they're being very cautious with him. You, the last thing you want to do is tear a lat because that's that's like an oblique. That's uh, that you know that's that's four to six weeks, maybe longer, and. Uh, with pitchers, then you got to start all over again, basically. So I'm sure they're slow playing him, and uh, we'll see how that goes. But uh, that's unfortunate. Right, and that's uh, that was one of the injuries where Terry Francona mentioned it was kind of a surprise. But then, you know, he said, hey, if this were the season, he might be able to pitch through this right now. He'd probably be pitching through it uh, if, if that were the case. They're going to take it easy in spring training. <clears throat> we also found out Aaron Savali. Uh, one of the, the young guys who came up and contributed to the rotation last year. Uh, he's been sort of delayed in his progression because of a, a sore groin that he suffered after uh, pitcher fielding practice drills. Um, of course, we know about Carlos Carrasco and his uh, dealing with the right hip flexor strain uh, that he, he hurt during uh, weightlifting. Uh, and, and Mike Clevenger still on the, uh, on the mend from knee surgery. Uh, Carrasco, I guess, is is doing 
pretty well, uh, is progressing along, but he's going to be behind everybody now at this point in spring training. Yeah, uh, you know, they, were, uh, they said he uh, threw a bullpen yesterday. Uh, so, you know, that, that's encouraging. And, uh, you know, he, you know, he was on a crutch. Of, he was using a crutch a little bit uh, off and on uh, last week, but he's off that. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm sure they'll, they'll try to, you know, he's, he's got to play catch up now. And it's always kind of a, an iffy thing in spring training. When when a when a pitcher is doing that, but hopefully there's time for him to uh, get ready and and be a member of the rotation on opening day, Joe. Out of out of anybody who's appeared and pitched in a game so far uh, this spring, and, and granted it's only what three games, so you're not we're not going by much here. Uh, we don't have a a lot to work on. Uh, but has has anybody really helped themselves or anybody really hurt themselves? Uh, I, is it too early to even even make that sort of estimation right now uh, if, as far as uh, the pitchers are concerned in spring training games? Yeah, I, you know, I think uh, – I, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, a guy like uh, – uh, a guy like uh, Karen Chak, I think probably helped himself a little bit. You know, I, I mean, he came in, he didn't walk the ballpark. He, you know, he threw, showed a great breaking ball. I was watching him last week in Goodyear. I mean, that's the pitch that impressed me the most. I mean, he was throwing hard, yeah, but everybody knows he throws hard. But, uh, you know, his breaking ball was really outstanding. And uh, I, I think he showed that in the game again. You know, Whitgren was solid. You like to see that, a veteran guy coming back, throwing a clean inning. Um, you know, <laughs> Logan Allen struggled, you know, the lefty they got from San Diego. He, he got knocked. Well, he wasn't helped by his defense either. Right. Uh, you know, uh, Cesar Hernandez made, made an error. There was a couple infield hits. I don't think he, you know, he had, he had a little comebacker that, that went for a base hit as well. That didn't go well. But I think uh, he's, he's making a lot of adjustments, Joe, and I think Maybe that's a guy that'll probably open a year at, at AAA and be one of those depth guys. But I think they still, you know, still like him. You know, he's a, a lefty, you know, not, not a typical, you know, <clears throat> tall, skinny lefty. This guy looks like a, a linebacker. So, um, you know, this is, this is a guy to keep an eye on. And hopefully, you know, he gets uh, some, some decent amount of work in, in this spring. And, uh, you know, yesterday's game against – the White Sox at Goodyear was the home opener, and it allowed the Indians a chance to get uh, their top prospect, Nolan Jones, his his first major league exhibition experience. Uh, came in, had a, in his first at bat, he, he he drew a walk, came around and scored, walked again in his second at bat, uh, and before striking out in his third at bat uh, after replacing Jordan Luplo uh, and Jones in the lineup uh, today for for. Uh, Terry Francona on the road in Peoria against the, the Padres. Uh, Jones is starting the game and playing third base, batting sixth behind Bradley Zimmer. So, uh, you know, there, there you go. Nolan Jones uh, earns a, a start in his uh, his second uh, Cactus League uh, game. Oh, that's so cool. You know, he's a top prospect on a lot of lists. The Indians' top prospect on a lot of lists. He's in the top 100 in, in – uh, MLB.com, and I think Baseball America, uh, you know, left-handed hitter, big kid, former hockey player, 
uh, right around, I think he's from a couple towns over from where uh, Terry Francona grew up in, in PA. So this is a good kid. I mean, I mean this, is, this is the fun part of spring training where uh, you get to watch these guys get a chance to play. And, I mean, you know, camp, what, had been two weeks in, and, and, and I guess, you know, they must have brought in the prospects, uh, you know, the Indians' prospects for their own camp at, at Goodyear. And all of a sudden they call him over and he's here. You know, he's, at, right. he's in big league camp for, you know, for the duration or for as long as, you know, they, until they start making cuts. And that's got to be a thrill for him. I mean, right? Yeah, I think the I think the minor league camp gets started a week or two later than the uh, the major leaguers. So you know, he didn't have to report, but he was probably there already. And and you know, they just told him to move over once they they realized that his thumb was was feeling better after the surgery. Uh, yeah, great story. Uh, you know, hope to see a lot more. We finally got a picture of him. I I'm I know. Sure. Where'd you get that picture? I I I emailed a friend at the Indians and he was nice enough to send them over. Thank you yeah, very much. Thank God. Um, uh, yeah. Searching our photo archives. We just <laughs> never managed it because our, our photographer who went out to, to spring training, you know, Nolan Jones wasn't on the field with them. Yeah. So we didn't, he was like, he and uh, um, Daniel Johnson are like the two guys that we don't have any photos of. And we're constantly writing stories about them. Well, now you've got at least, you're going to see that photo a whole bunch of times. Trust me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, in, in the coming year. Nice. I was, I was pumped when I saw that. Well, there, and there's two of them in there. So we'll, we'll, we'll spread the wealth. All right. Uh, hey, uh, Paul, just take a, a quick minute here just to mention subtext, our, uh, our uh, service where uh, the Indians fans can uh, sign up by texting you and, and have a conversation, basically uh, inside info on, what you know about the Indians as, as the season goes on. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a good thing, Joe. You know, it's, it's starting to get some momentum, you know, with uh, spring training. We're picking up some more subscribers. And it's something where, you know, I'll text, I'll text, you, uh, you know, I'll text the, the subscribers, you know, three or four things during the day that, that are happening with the Indians. Maybe they don't have time to uh, watch a spring training game on TV or, or listen on the website. You know, and, and but I, I, I'll, I'll be, you know, you or me or, you know, we'll continually, we'll be updating that. So you, you'll be able to I'll give you some highlights of that. If there's, you know, if there's an injury, if there's, uh, you know, any news out of camp, uh, I, I'll try to, you know, get, get you that first before, you know, it makes, uh, gets online or gets in the papers. And uh, it's, it's just kind of a little a heads up for, for really Indian, for Indians fans and uh, you know they get to see the news before it happens, so to speak. And it's um, you know four bucks a month, and uh, you know all you got to do is uh, you know go to the bottom of our stories on Cleveland.com and uh, sign up right there and follow the the uh, the prompts on that, and uh, you're in there. So it it's 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 fun, and you know especially I was thinking Joe with the with our comments going away on mm-hmm. uh, at the bottom of the stories. And on Cleveland.com, this is a great way to, uh, you know, just keep talking, talking Indians. And, you know, I'll text back to you. We can text each other. We can have some conversations. It's kind of a cool way to keep doing that. Yeah. If if you're looking for the number to text Hoinsey directly, it's 216-208-4346. Again, that number is 216-208-4346. You can, uh, you know, hit Hoinsey up, and, and he 
he basically holds a conversation with you there, uh, talking back and forth about uh, about the tribe and and what he knows, and certainly uh, just a wealth of information there for for any tribe fan. Uh, also, hey, uh, you know, good gift for uh, Mother's Day, Father's Day, St. Patrick's Day, any holiday you want to <laughs> uh, sign a friend up for for that. Uh, feel free to go ahead and do that. Some green uh, beer too. Yeah, there you go. Uh, no, no, green beers aren't included uh, this year. Not this year. Um, hey, just wanted to mention, uh, you know, one of those things, uh, sometimes we find out, you know, sad information behind the scenes and, uh, over the weekend, uh, we found out some, some really, you know, sort of tragic news from earlier or from late last week. Uh, Brad Mills, uh, suffered a loss in his family. Why don't you tell us, uh, you know, when you guys found out about that and what, what was the, the way that story came about? Yeah, uh, Joe, this is uh, last week, I think, uh, last Monday, um, Brad Mills' grandson, 18-month-old uh, bull, bull bear, that's what they called him, uh, mm-hmm. uh, fell into a, a swimming pool and uh, drowned, unfortunately. I, I, and uh, the pool was drained, but I guess it was still, there was st- still some rainwater in there, and that's what happened to the, you know, to the little boy. And, uh, and he was the son of... Uh, Bow Mills, former Indians number one pick. You know, it's just really, really, you can't imagine how sad that is. I mean, you can, and it's just, you know, it, it, it affected everybody. And uh, the whole, uh, you know, on, on, on uh, Saturday, which was uh, last Saturday, the Indians scheduled a spring training opener. The, you know, the whole coaching staff in the front office, you know, attended the funeral in Texas. So it's just a you know really a sad day and and those kind of you know just a you know spring training is such a you know a joyous time and an exciting time and you know kind of just to have that happen was was really you know it's it shocked the whole organization so right uh, and and this is a, an organization that's you know not unaccustomed to you know tragedies in spring training uh, if you if you think back to to ninety three and and Steve Olin and Tim Cruz. Obviously, you know, losing them was a blow to the organization at, at, at that time. Uh, from a, a, a perspective of just the relationship between Brad Mills and Terry Francona, you know, how much does this hurt? Not just, you know, obviously Brad's family and all that, but, you know, Terry's got to be feeling this pretty deeply. Yeah, I mean, they, they've been friends since they were college teammates at the University of Arizona. You know, in the late seventies, uh, they were they were drafted each drafted by the the Expos. They played together, and you know they've uh, you know Terry's managed at uh, Detroit. I mean, not not Detroit, Philadelphia, Boston, and Cleveland. Brad uh, Mills has been a coach on the staff at each stop. So you know they're about as close as you can be. You know they're almost. I'm sure they feel like they're brothers to each other, and uh, that's his best friend. So. Yeah, it, everybody took that hard, and uh, I'm still not sure. Uh, you know, I'm not I'm not in camp right now, so I don't know if, if Brad has rejoined the club. But I'm sure they've uh, given him, uh, you know, as much time as he needs. And uh, just uh, you know, just a tough, tough situation. And uh, you know, you, all you can do is keep him in your prayers and uh, and uh, hope for the best. Right, and you know, obviously family and, and, you know, the time that he needs comes first and, and all of that. But, you know, we found out at, um, at tribe fest talking to before tribe fest, talking to Terry Francona, just how much Brad Mills 
means to the whole operation of spring training out there. Brad Mills is basically the guy that that runs everything. You know, he goes out to he doesn't come to Tribe Fest because that's when he's out in Arizona setting the agendas and, and the schedules for all the workouts and, and everything everybody's doing. You know, Brad Mills has it all all set up. So he's he's a, a, a vitally important guy to the to the way that the things work out there. Yeah, he's uh, he's Francona's right hand man. You know, he's his organizer. Every every manager has a guy that runs spring training for him, and Mills is that guy. He he does a great job. He keeps you know the practices moving. Uh, nobody not you know in baseball, there's a lot of standing around time, no matter how you know well organized it is. But that is to the minimum at, at Goodyear, and uh, the you know the workouts don't drag. They're not too long. They're they're crisp. Uh, and he loves it. He he runs drills that are really fun to watch. And, uh, you know, so I know they've had some people, uh, you know, kind of step in and, and replace him. But, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, you don't replace Brad Mills. I mean, that's that's like, uh, you know, you, you, you know, his his presence is is, you know, that that's missed out there. You know, they they miss him. And, uh you know, and, and uh, so that's that's how important he is. And it, you know, during the season, it's the same thing. You know, if you get if you got to get the field for early BP and you're on the road, he does that. He sets up the drills, early work for the guys. He does that, and or, you know, and, or if you need, or if you need emergency heart surgery and you need somebody to coach the All Star game for you, you know, he does that. Yeah, I guess. Exactly. And he's the bench coach too, so he's always whispering in in Francona's ears. So it's uh, you know they, so that you know that's uh, that's a you know that's a critical job, and uh, hopefully you know when when the time is right, he he'll he'll be able to rejoin the ball club. All right. Well, our, you know, again, our thoughts are are with Brad Mills and his family right now. Uh, you know, moving on. Uh, let's. You ready to play a game? Let's do, let's do a quick game. Uh, just two questions here. We'll do. Uh, uh, guess the Indians uh, player spring training edition. Uh, we're going to go dig back in the archives, uh, look at um, some stats, some numbers, and see if you can guess the spring training phenom based on his stats and numbers from that, that I'm going to give you here. Okay, this Indians infielder tied for second on the club with four spring training home runs and had a 1081 OPS in 55 at-bats during the 2006 Grapefruit League season after the Tribe picked up the second-year option on his contract. He went on to hit just seven home runs in 104 regular season games in his final year with the club. Well, Ryan Rayburn? No. Mm, no. No, but ironically enough, Ryan Rayburn does get, get mentioned in the next question I have, but it's mm. not Ryan Rayburn, not the answer to this one. Okay. Uh, 2006? 2006, they had just picked up the second year on his contract. The second year option on his contract. And an infielder. Infielder. Mm. Hit just seven home runs in 104 regular season games in his final year with the club. Got no idea. Currently a manager in the big leagues. Oh, come on. I know. In New York. Oh, Aaron Boone. Aaron Boone is the guy. It went <laughs> spring training. He had a, a, a fantastic spring training that year and then went on to 
hit seven total home runs. And, <laughs> and that was it. All right, next one. Last one. Here we go. You ready? This Indians infielder tied Ryan Rayburn for the team lead in Cactus League RBIs with 12 in 60 at-bats back in 2013. He posted a 1120, or an 11.23 OPS, hit four home runs, but it didn't carry over into the regular season. He batted just 225 in 94 games and earned a demotion during uh, the well, season in May. Lonnie Chisenhall. Lonnie Chisenhall. And uh, fun fact, Lonnie Chisenhall recently announcing his retirement from the Pittsburgh Pirates. I don't think he ever played a game for the Pirates. So no, no, he never after, did. After signing there. Signed, what, a one-year, $2.5 million deal. Those Cavs got Lonnie again. It was, I mean, he, you know, Joe, he was like an interesting player to me. I, you know, um, who's, who, who's the guy in Tampa Bay, the, the big-time third baseman? Evan Longoria. You know, I had an Indians executive that's no longer with the team say, this is our Evan Longoria. This is the guy that, that we think is going to be that kind of impactful player. <clears throat> and we never really saw it. You know, we saw flashes of it. And uh, there's a big flash in Texas uh, back in like 2015. Yeah. What, five at-bats, three home runs, and nine RBIs? Nine RBIs, like five for five. I mean, that was like a crazy night. And, and uh, But we never saw this, that sustained. And I always wondered, you know, and then, you know, he gets sent down, he comes back, and then he turns into an outfielder. And he's kind of a, you know, a platoon guy. And then his calves explode. And, you know, I just, you know, you just really never know, you know. And uh, I always wondered what, what they saw in him. He was the number one pick. And if that potential had ever, you know, just kind of, if he had reached his ceiling, what kind of player Lonnie would have been. You know, and you talk about his move out to the outfield. I never thought he was all that bad of an outfielder in right field. I thought he, you know, he played a pretty decent uh, right field for them, you know, had it had the big arm and, and you know, could get to a couple of balls. I don't, uh, they have so many advanced metrics with uh, the range factor and all that, that they can, they could figure out, you know, whether he was, was really a good outfield or not. But, but just from the eye test, I mean, you saw him get to a couple of balls and. Oh and, yeah. I thought he was. Transition yeah. to the outfield was pretty good. It shocked me that, that he was able to pl play as well out there. And then it, you know, Francona was saying he really didn't like playing third base, you know, and, you know, I, 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 and I, I just thought, you know, that, uh, you know, I, I, you saw him change too. He was, uh, you know, he, he had that great, when he first came up, when he was in first in camp, when they'd bring him over in big league camps, he had a great swing, just a beautiful, beautiful swing. And, uh, but he wasn't making contact, you know, he wasn't making that much contact. And then, you know, when uh, he came up with Francona, he kind of changed, you know, he got very, very mechanical, but he became a better hitter. You know, he seemed to make some adjustments. And, you know, I remember the home run he hit against David Price in the, uh, in the postseason mm -hmm. against Boston in 2016. It was a huge home run left on left. And uh, uh, just, you know, you saw him, you know, you saw him change, but he never made the final step almost in his career. And I mean, he had a, Hey, he played what eight years in the big leagues, whatever right, it right. was, you know, so good for him. And I 31 and you retire. I, you know, I, I got to think we might maybe a year or two from now, we, we might see him come back. Maybe, maybe he'll maybe be one of those guys again. that get the, gets the bug again. All right. Well, Hey, uh, let's just mention uh, real briefly 
uh, we've seen the the outfield sort of I don't want to say competition, I guess, uh, start to shape up a little bit. We already mentioned Bradley Zimmer. Uh, you know, he had a home run in the second game for uh, for the Indians. Uh, Framil Reyes uh, has, you know, a couple of doubles, a home run. Reyes is playing right field and looking really good out there. Yeah, I mean, this guy, you know, we both know this is this is guy is a 40-home run guy, Joe, I think. You know, if you've seen, you know, what he hit 37 last year uh, between two teams, and you know, you got to deal with getting traded and you know, transitioning to a new team, meeting new teammates, changing leagues, seeing different D- pitchers, being a, being a DH for the first time. Yeah. And uh, you know, I think uh, every every player likes to play both ways, you know, on both sides of the ball. And I think if he can play out there and 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 is, you know maybe not as a regular, if he can play three, four times a week. I mean, I think, I think the sky is the limit for this guy. This is, this is the key guy to me in this trade, you know, in the Bauer trade. Don't you think this is, this is, I don't this think is the reason you made that trade. Yeah. The Bauer trade doesn't happen if Ramo Reyes doesn't come to Cleveland. That's bottom line right there. And, you got uh, five years of control over him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, obviously he's a hard worker. He lost 18 pounds to uh, get a little more mobile in in the outfield, and uh, you know I, they're going to play him a little bit in left field this spring. So he's off to a great start. Uh, he he worked hard over the winter, and uh, I'm I'm really excited to see how how he plays uh, during the season. He he told us at Tribe Fest that it was really hard. Uh, cutting out the sweets in his diet, and that he's he's constantly being tempted by the sweets. <laughs> that's the hardest part for him. So uh, we will not walk into the clubhouse eating jelly donuts anytime soon. Hey, maybe he's got to give it up for Lent. Maybe. Uh, well, you know, you're talking to a guy who just got back from the uh, the grocery store this morning with a, a box full of leftover punchkis. So it's it's all lost on me i will not be losing the fran mill reyes uh not be doing the fran mill reyes diet you and me both <laughs> hey, uh, uh jose ramirez also uh looking pretty good uh you know putting the bat on the ball that uh, tito's got him batting third in the lineup every day uh you know this is are, are we back to uh you know 2016 level jose ramirez yeah i mean and he's you know he's he's in a good mood in the clubhouse he's chirping all the time uh, you know, him and Reyes and Lindor are all, they're sitting in a row in the back, back row of the locker room. And uh, all they do is they're, they're yelling back and forth at each other. So he's in a good mood. I think he's in a good place. Um, and you just love to see him swing the bat like he's doing. So he's off to a quick start. Uh, and hopefully this carries over. And uh, there's, there's- none of this counts right now as, as, we both know, but it's good to see him swing the bat like this. And uh, hopefully, whatever that was, that 500 at bat dark cloud, whatever that, ha- you know, maybe that's gone. You know, and he, he realizes, you know, he gets back to being the two-time all-star uh, third base, starter at third base. There's, uh, there is big Dominican energy in that uh, clubhouse right now with you've got Santana, uh, Ramirez, uh, Domingo Santana, Framo Reyes, you got Emmanuel Classe, you got yeah. it, it is just the uh, pre, you can pretty much field a a Dominican All Stars team right there uh, in ju- on just the Indians roster. 
Uh, be interesting to see what happens during the 2017 World Base or I'm sorry, the 2021 World Baseball Classic. Yeah, there won't be anybody in spring yeah. training with the Indians. They're, they're <laughs> the Indians all be are going to be in out. big trouble. Yeah, they're all they'll all be playing. There'll be like ten people in camp. Because you know they all want to play for them too. You know yeah. Framil wants to play for them. That that's for yeah, sure. That's a big honor for for uh, well, all the Latin American players. All, and they they that. just they just announced the venues for that. It's going to be. Uh, Marlins Park and I, I, I believe is it Chase Field going to be? Yeah, yeah, okay. Chase Field. Yes, and then two uh, you know Asia Pacific locations. I think Tokyo Dome and and a, a place in Taiwan. Uh, so you know, with with any luck, the Dominican team plays in uh, uh, Arizona, and then everything's fine. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, all right. Let's uh, you know get to a couple of your questions here. We'll do two or three of them. Uh, these are questions that were submitted to you either via Twitter or uh, in your conversations through subtext with your uh, subscribers. Okay. This is from Mike Moore from Fremont, Ohio. What do you think it's going to take to sign Francisco Lindor? Lots of money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't think. Joe, I, when, you know, when they did that uh, uh, press conference early in spring training and, and Antonetti was uh, so forthcoming about the negotiations, I think that was, you know, that's the most positive I felt that they, that they had a chance to assign Lindor. But, but the, here's, here's the thing. Just because they want to keep him and he wants to stay, that, <laughs> okay, you got maybe the, the start of a deal, but you, you haven't climbed the mountain yet. You, you haven't dealt with the money. And where does the money come from? And how, how long is the contract signed? I just think this is, you know, you know I don't want to be a negative Nelly, but I, I, I have my doubts. This oh, no, you will, be, you will be absolutely labeled a negative Nelly for, for saying it. And, and all the, you know, Indians Twitter will be out there saying, oh, Paul Hoynes doesn't want Lindor <laughs> to resign because he won't, you know, write anything positive. Guess what? Like you said, there's a giant mountain between where they are now and, and having Lindor signed. And, you know, somewhere on that mountain, there's a, there's a billy goat. It's called the Players Union. And the Players Union will be barking in Lindor's ear and saying, take the biggest deal that you can get. You have to take the biggest deal that you, you can get. It's not – there are no hometown discounts when the Players Union steps in and, and tells the – the face of baseball, uh, you know, you can't take that deal. So, yeah. and you know, I've had, you know, people write me with 200 million, get it done. Two, you know, 200 million isn't going to get it done. It's, it's, you know, Rendon, Anthony Rendon signed for what, seven years and two forty-five, And, and, you know, you know, I love Rendon, a clutch hitter, but I mean, Lindor plays a higher pro, a tougher position, a switch hitter, he, you know, he's younger, and I just think he's, you know, I, I just, you know, maybe two hundred million gets it done if you sign a three-year deal or a four-year deal, three or four, a shorter-term deal. But you're not two hundred million might have gotten it done before he went to uh, arbitration eligible years. You know, yeah, two years before he was arbitration eligible might have gotten it done. Two hundred millions, you're getting laughed out of the room at that point. You got. He's got to get an AAV of like thirty six to thirty seven million. Mm -hmm. that, I mean, that that's the starting point. And right. 
I, you know, I just think it's going to be really, really difficult for them to get anything done. I, I, you know, and I, all right, Paul, move on to another question before, okay. <laughs> before my head explodes because it, it, we're trying to make people understand things that just, they, that just not going to, it's just not going to happen. So uh, please, please move on to another question. Uh, this is from AZ Cardman uh, from uh, Gilbert, Arizona. Oh, we got to tell AZ Cardman that uh, the, 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 the comments are going away. And his, oh my goodness! That's right. He's, he's going to break his heart. Oh. Yeah, he's 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 Jones and right now. Next next week's podcast, we're going to have to pour one out for all the former commenters. <laughs> yeah, because uh, last week the A's announced that their games will no longer be heard on standard over-the-air radio in Oakland, but through a streaming app via internet. That means there's no local ra- uh, radio for A's fans uh, living within uh, 90 miles, I mean, 90, living within like 90 miles of the ballpark. Uh, what's the status on the Tribe's uh, radio contract, and do you envision the A's new system being adopted by uh, the majority of MLB clubs? Well, if they're eliminating uh, umpires and putting in robo-umpires, I don't see why we can't have a robo-hammy. I, I just, <laughs> oh, God. No? Don't let hammy here. No, that. no, no. Of course. <laughs> Come on now. You think I want anything to happen to him? No, 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 no. But uh, no, I, I think you, you you've got the skinny on this one, right? Yeah, I you know I talked to uh, the Indians. They have a a contract with uh, you know uh, iHeart Radios several years for several that runs for several years. Uh, you know, there's not you know local radio is not going away. Local the lo- tribes local broadcasts are not going away. They're 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 here to stay. I, I just think Joe, I think this is this is such a gamble on the A's part. And I know they're in a transition, you know, basis. They you know, every year they seem to be moving stadiums or moving, you know, to Sacramento or somewhere. And I don't know if this has anything to do with that or if there's a local radio war going on, you know, between the club and the radio radio station. Um, but I you know, baseball and radio, I mean that's like tradition, yeah. man. I mean, you can't. There's a Hall of Fame think... spot for for radio broadcasters. In I mean, every year. No, you you can't get rid of radio. You can't mess mess with it. I mean, what are you going to listen to when you're driving around on on when in the car on a Saturday afternoon? I, that's all I did used to do. Would when I was riding with my dad, we'd be listening to the uh, the Indians on on a uh, radio. Who was your uh, Who was the guy? Who uh... I think it was Harry. You know Harry Jones, Mudcat Grant, Jimmy Dudley. You know uh, Herbie Score. I just listen to all those guys. You can't. I can't picture baseball or Indians baseball without being able to listen to it on the radio. But how lucky have we been here in Cleveland? You know, just in just in the last you know thirty forty years that we've gone from Herb Score, who was a classic, and the, it was just great to listen to him to. To Hamilton, Tom is just, you know, he's the best right now. Yeah. Every, every MLB network highlight that has the Indians on it, they always use the audio from his calls because he's, he's just the best. Yeah, he was nominated for the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Uh, this, and he'll get year, in one think, of these days. He'll, he'll get in one of these days. He's, he's the best. He, I, I, you know, we talked about this before, but in uh, 2013 when uh, Giambi hit that home run late mm-hmm. in the season – 
to come back and beat the White Sox. I just listen to that. I listen to his call just to get fired up sometimes. It's just, <laughs> it's just oh, uh, like, like, it's, it's, like it's listen to like Herb Bar- Brooks, you know, when oh, uh, on the uh, the uh, Miracle on Ice, the, uh, on ice yeah. the pregame uh, speech that you know Kurt Russell gives. I mean, I just listen to that stuff and. Just, which is uh, which is the biggest fantasy of all time because anybody who knows anything about Herb Brooks knows that a constant stream of filth just poured out of the man's <laughs> mouth. And to have that edited down for a, that speech must have contained so much cursing. And to have that edited down for a Disney movie, it's, yeah. it, it's ridiculous. But sure, go ahead and believe what you want to believe, that, that there was no cursing in that speech, uh, knowing anything about Herb Brooks. And, and Hoinsey, I find it very hard to believe that you need a Tom Hamilton audio clip to get you fired up about anything. But <laughs> that's, you know, and, and as we'll find out, hey, uh, you know, just by mentioning here, uh, we can find out some of these stories at the upcoming opening day breakfast uh, on March 26th. Tickets still available here on cleveland.com. Uh, you can sit there and watch uh, Mike McIntyre, uh, Doug Maurice, and myself try to get a word in edgewise while Hoinsey and Terry Pluto uh, <laughs> regale you with stories of uh, more than a lifetime of covering the Indians. <laughs> Should be a good time. That should be a great time. It always is, Joe. A little a new venue this year, so it'll mm-hmm. be fun. I, who knows what? Maybe we'll get uh, you know sausage patties and pancakes. Uh, ch- a chance to eat something before uh, before we we get over to the ballpark that morning for uh, for an early opening day. So uh, again, if you get a chance to, there's uh, ads all over the site. Uh, there's a, a link at the bottom of this page. Go ahead and click it and. Uh, you can get tickets for the opening day breakfast. Let's uh, finish up with one more question here, Hoinsey. What do you got for us? Let's see. Let's see. Uh, why, why didn't the uh, – this is from John from Austin Town. Uh, why didn't the Indians go after Yaziel Puig? Uh, was he too expensive? I think he's better than any of our outfielders that we have in, in camp. Well, ask 29 other teams why they haven't gone after Yaziel Puig either. Uh, I mean, right now he's either asking for too much money, asking for too many years, or uh, teams don't want to deal with the extracurriculars that come with Yaziel Puig. Yeah, I think he hit the nail on the head there, Joe. I think, uh, you know, when when it's, you know, when spring training games have already started, you're turning the corner toward March, and the season is starting earlier than at any time in, in, you know, in history, March 26th, and, and Puig isn't in camp with, with any team, not just the Indians, uh, you know, th- that means, uh, you know, <laughs> that means people have – teams have serious uh, – know he is kind of a loose cannon and know that, uh, you know, you're taking a risk by bringing him into camp. And it's just not – I don't think it's talent, you know, because he certainly has talent. We saw that. In the second, when after the trade with Cincinnati, and but it's just what he does on the field, which is a little, you know, it's it's a little non-traditional, and what he does off the field, and uh, you know, teams, you know, I think, you know, this is kind of a become a button-down sport right now, and uh, it, unless you're you're in a in a dire situation, unless you have injuries, you're not going to take a chance. 
I think he, I think Puig was responsible for 45% of the on-field brawls last year in Major League Baseball. So, you know, who knows? Uh, I think you're right. Uh, I, I did enjoy covering him for the yeah, I loved him. few months. I, I, he was he was a great interview. He was always approachable, and you know, I, fun to write stories about a guy who, uh, you know, goes and visits a, a a camp for you know cancer patients in upstate New York in the middle of a a week long stay. And and you know, that's I, right. I forgot about that. I, I mean, this is. He he's he's not a bad guy by any stretch. He's he's no. a, a really good guy. I just think there's a, a lot that goes into whether you want to extend a contract to a guy like that. Exactly, and and you don't know how is he still does he still want a multi year deal or you know you're gonna to have to take a one year deal now if you're Puig, don't you? Absolutely, absolutely. You've got a, something, and that one year deal is going to be significantly less than what your market value is. Right, you know. And, and his power did drop in Cleveland. He only hit two home runs. I, I don't know if he was hurt or what, but, you know, something happened there. All right. All right. Uh, well, Paul, uh, again, uh, the Indians on the road in Peoria, Arizona, today taking on the Padres. Uh, this weekend they've got a couple of split squad games, and I, I believe uh, they're heading to, to Vegas at, uh, coming up, right? Yeah, this weekend. This they weekend, they're, coming, they're heading to Vegas to, to face Oakland. So uh, that should be interesting. Uh, is, you think Tito's going to travel with them to Vegas? Tito is probably already there. <laughs> he's scouting out the casino that's right now. Exactly. That, that's what I was getting at, but I didn't want to say it. Uh, <laughs> let you say it. We're good. Uh, okay, so uh, as we keep going forward here, we'll, we'll hit you back again next week on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Paul, great to talk to you. All right, Joe.